Welcome back to Podcasts and Players. I am Coolboy Shane, your host, and today with me I have a guest who is a friend of mine that you might have seen on the Antumbra stream game. She plays Silas. She's also in the uh, top tiers uh, of animators video that I did. She has finally released her breakout uh, series Tabaxi Cafe. Please give it up for one and the same Tabaxi Cafe, or Tabby for short. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah, I know that girl. Uh, welcome to the show. I we actually had a conversation a while back that I was going to have you on, but I wanted to time this for when you got your thing finished. I think we had that conversation. I think um, so, yeah. It was a while ago. It was a little while ago. And now that it's out, it, the time has finally come. Mm-hmm. I'm how, official how, now. Yeah, how are you feeling about having your first episode of your series out? I mean, it, I'm happy to have uh, finally content out there, so I don't feel like... Uh, so my imposter syndrome has lowered a little bit, but has now also raised in another way of like, oh god, I'm a content oh, yeah. creator. I have it responsibilities never goes away. now. <laughs> It never, ever goes away. No matter how good or big you get, you're always going to have that little bit of that grain of imposter syndrome. It's it's really, I think a lot of it has to do with just like, a lot of us are very humble people. And we know that like other people, we can recognize the talent of other people. We're like, I'll never be as good as that person. But like, that could be very poisonous because then it could stop people from trying to do anything and then they never get better. And mm-hmm. so... I think this was a very good first episode. I, I really liked it. And I, I, I liked the idea, because we talked about this a little bit, I like the idea that your the backgrounds are going to continually improve and get better as you add more features from the past videos to them. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. You want to talk more about the series and what uh, got you started on it? Oh, a long time ago, of about three to six months ago, I don't remember precisely, was uh, my roommate, also known as uh, Eldritch uh, underscore Sugar, uh, basically introduced me to uh, Captain Cheeky at first, which that was basically when I got invited to join all of you guys for Antumbra, <laughs> which was basically like my first big step into like just hanging out with all of you. And then like... Uh, I saw that everyone was hanging out in the Arcane Gate server, so I was like, okay, I'll I'll hop into here, because I was watching one of their, it was like the Christmas stream with, like, Dieter and uh, yeah, Din yeah, and yeah. Rymac, I think. I don't remember who's precisely there. I was like, there. Yeah, yeah I, w- I was watching that, and I was like, okay, I'll, this seems like fun people, and I joined in, and then uh, with the help of lovely friend Eldritch, uh, 
introduced myself to all of you, which basically you all slowly corrupted me to be like, yeah, I've been thinking about like doing this ever since Elder started her channel. But now like, OK, it's official. I'm going to actually like put effort into something and like start coming up with some weird abomination of a series that is now my child. Hell yeah. I mean, and you know, it's even funnier than that, too, because like most people be like, oh, so that's the origin story. But no, actually, actually, if you go further back to episode six, when I had Eldritch on, we talked about you back then. Mm -hmm. We actually did mention you. And that's when I first learned of your existence was during that podcast. I like when uh, DMs remember stuff from backstories and work them in. Oh, my DM, that is their favorite thing to do. That, <laughs> they can remember, like, almost any detail from our backstories, and they integrate it into the plot constantly. I I can't believe you're finally here. Uh, <laughs> it took only, like, a year and, I don't know, like, 12 episodes of the podcast of, before we got you on. Uh, I, I remember when uh, Eldritch told me that uh, she was on here and like talked about me. So I watched through the entire podcast at the end. It's just like, <laughs> oh, she mentioned to me. <laughs> That's so awesome. I feel so proud as uh, her DM. And now I'm here <laughs> on the same show. Yeah, it's I mean, it's kind of nice, too, because like, uh. When picking guests, it's like, I could just go for all the biggest names out there. And I have, like, a list of people I'm, you know, considering. Uh, and some big names are on there. But there's also people who aren't so big. And I, I, like, I like giving a bit of a spotlight, even if it's a small one. I don't have, you know, a huge base or anything. But I like giving a little bit of a spotlight to smaller creators and newer creators. And it's very validating when I make a big video of, like, a tier list and I say... Hey, so I know this person hasn't made anything yet, but I could vouch for her. She's going to have something. And then actually have you make it. Yes. I feel really good about that because that means I didn't lie to people. <laughs> well, I'm glad I made you not a liar. Yep. I made you a truther. Yep. Uh, and I guess I guess the series is cool, too. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, whatever. Like, oh, yeah. It's, it's all right. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, like, uh, so... Let's actually talk a little bit more about that and stop patting ourselves on the backs here. Um, <laughs> you uh, you started with Warlock, like a Warlock mocha, right? Mm -hmm. As a former barista, I prove. And mm -hmm. can you tease what your next episode's going to be about? Because I heard this and I thought that was just really good. All right. So the, the current running idea right now is uh, the next episode is going to be... Uh, fighter the class fighter which instead of like any like fancy drinks nice teas a coffee i'm going to make them plain water because i think fighters are boring <laughs> <laughs> but also i mean i so i would argue a fighter is only as boring as you make it and mm -hmm. you are in this video not just pouring a, a glass of tap water you're doing like breed a filter with the uh, the little cucumber and the lime and all that stuff and mm -hmm. you know the sparkles. You're like going all out to make it the best glass of water ever, and I, and to me I approve because that's truly you gotta first of all you gotta hydrate before you're gonna action search. That's just what makes mm -hmm. sense to me. You could use that if you want. Uh, and also, um, I like water personally. I think water isn't boring at all. I think water is like a great thing because sometimes. 
like drinks that have taste leave like an aftertaste and like a like a mm-hmm. you know but water washes it down man water's like it's a palate cleanse mm-hmm. yeah that's that's like like the whole like joke of fighters being a glass of water but it's going to be the best goddamn glass of water you will have ever tasted that's right and you're gonna be so thankful that you had that glass of water in your party mm-hmm. <laughs> you're gonna be so hydrated every every single D D group needs like like in comedy there's the straight man you need every group i ne- think needs like a straight man like player where it's just like i'm the fighter i think we should do good things i mean yeah like and fighters don't have to be that you know the the, the cool mm-hmm. thing about the fighter is it can literally be whatever you want it to be they're very versatile probably i'd say one of the most versatile classes in terms of how you want to fight because you can do range, mm-hmm. you can do martial. I mean, there's even spellcasting. Excuse me, even spellcasting fighters, and it also makes for just a great dip. You know, mm-hmm. fighters great. And th- yeah, they do have amazing abilities, but that that's why the joke of like uh, flavor wise, it's like it's can go subtly in every direction. Yeah, but only subtly. Well, I, I, yeah, I think that the the big joke comes from also being tied to human. When someone plays human fighter, mm-hmm. that's supposed to be the most boring thing, and it's also the most common thing that people play. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a question actually. Uh, I want to know about because you always play tabaxis when you play. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I if we dive into that? for a second um why no go right ahead are you basically would you are you are you what they call a a furry a, a furry on the internet oh no yes i am no uh end <laughs> that, of the that's podcast the to, yeah, that's it <laughs> you're out of here friendship ended uh I, i'm i'm just gonna apologize to uh ink right now i'm sorry that i've become your arch nemesis <laughs> and your arch nemesis is now a furry yeah i mean it is what it is. Uh, tabaxis are cool. At least you ha- are consistent, though, I think. Because, like, people play what they like to play. I usually play humans. Am I, like, a, a humanist? <laughs> is that is that... I think it's just... Well, th- there's there's more reasons to besides I'm just a furry to why I play tabaxi. Probably because, like, they have, like, some of the best racial abilities in the game. That they do. Like... Like, to speak to that, they have Burst of Speed, which is basically uh, double movement for free, as long as you didn't move last round. And they're one of the only races that has a vertical speed besides, like, Aarakocra. I think it's it's not as long as you didn't move the last round. It's like you have it, and then when you use it, you have to stop moving to get it back, right? Mm-hmm. Per round, yeah. But it's not, like, once per long rest or short rest anything. Yeah, it's you just, could just you keep... You have to spend a turn not moving, and then you can do it again. You could, like, stutter uh, stutter sprint, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, bust a bunch of uh, abilities to increase your speed and just run, like, 500 feet and then just stop for turn and then run another 500 feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like, oh, I do like yeah. the racial abilities. I guess I always didn't like the idea of playing a cat person i'm sorry that i had to say it out here I, <laughs> i'm not anti-furry as and i don't believe other people shouldn't play it i just personally i don't i can't think of playing a cat person as a, as like a thing i want to do i guess it's like not mm-hmm. in my like whenever i come up with characters i usually think of the mechanics 
and then I, I come up with like a flavor during that. And if I can if I can blend those things, that's 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 a really great gimmick. And then the mm-hmm. backstory usually comes last. But for like cat person, I don't know how to work that into anything that I want to do. And it's not because I hate cat people. Uh I'm not a, I'm not a racist, I swear. Uh, <laughs> I guess I just I don't know where to place them in a in a typical fantasy setting maybe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's always like the classic like uh Bethesda interpretation of like uh the wandering merchants, which is like basically what the Tabaxi are written in as like in the Forgotten Realms universe. It's just like, oh, they're these weird cat people from like a distant land that just travel and sell trinkets well where are they from elsewhere well where's that yeah elsewhere literally it's literally called elsewhere (laughs) oh i remember when uh, i played skyrim and they kept saying that they were from elsewhere i'm like why won't they just tell me where they're from i don't get it it's like a who's on first thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. who's on first uh but (sighs) yeah i get that I think if you wanted to make the speediest character ever in D&D, you'd have to play Tabaxi. I don't think there's any other yeah, choice. It, 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 there is an official build called the Bullet, and <laughs> it, it is a clusterfuck of like class matching up, and in, it's just to get the most speed possible. Which I think, with like the final result being like five thousand eight hundred uh, feet in a second, a second or a turn. A second, so a total. It's like some. You're gonna have to send that to me because I did it last Dinara night. and I were yeah. like trying to work out how to make the fastest build in D and D without any help from anyone else, without any magic items, just by yourself. So I don't know mm. if this bullet build depends on magic items or on outside help, but uh, if it, the only thing it needs from outside is for someone to cast haste. Yeah, see, that's it. That's yeah. For uh, but that's the only thing. Because Tree Stride is an ability that's broken as fuck. Oh, that's not even really... That's not speedy. That's teleportation. But if you... Five feet from tree to tree, and then if you already have an extremely high uh, speed, you can basically teleport to the opposite side of a forest. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I thought Tree Stride was the one that you just walk into a tree, and as long as there's another tree on the material plane that you've, like, been in contact with, you just appear there. I might be wrong about that. Maybe that's, like, a different tree spell. I can hear you. I can hear you typing. Mm-hmm. I'm typing it. it. It's within 500 feet of that tree. Oh, I see. That's So they're, they're using that. What about... What's the one? The druids have one. I think it's a 7th level spell, but it's, like, tree walk or some shit. And it's like you enter into a tree and you just appear outside of another tree somewhere else on the plane. Mm -hmm. That that does sound familiar, but I do not know it off the top of my head because I've only played Druid once. And that was a while ago. That's fair. Well, let's get into some. I mean, we're kind of just on a tangent, but let's get into some questions about yourself. So what do you what do you do? (laughs) I mean... Right now, it's uh, be quarantine child and just sit in my room for most of the day and draw. Okay. Uh, are you, were you in college or anything? Are you studying anything or are you, were you working? Mm-hmm. Uh, no work for a little bit, but I, I am currently like uh, going to college, which is this is going to be my senior year. 
where uh, I'm actually go- going to be getting my degree in mastering audio. That's right. You are, you, you're the sound master. Mm-hmm. We still got to talk about you teaching me your wizardly ways. I'm going to have to learn some tricks of the trade so I can better master my own audio. Yeah, I'd be 100% open for that. Well, so how did you... Uh, I'm guessing... I, I think I know the answer to this, but I think some people might be curious because others are familiar with Eldritch, but they're not as familiar with you. Uh, you you said your roommates with Eldritch, did you all meet in college? Is that how that happened? Or Yeah, it was... Uh, funny enough, it was... Uh, here, here's, here, it's a good story, which is... Uh, it was first year college, and it was like the second day before... like. Uh, like the first year students get like a week at the college to just like acclimate to like, oh, this is what college life is like. And then they start school. And it was during that like first week, uh, a friend of uh, a new friend of mine named Aaron uh, was talking to me and said like, oh, they're doing a showing of the Rocky Horror Picture Show in like one of the labs. You should definitely come see it with me. I'm going to go watch it with some friends. Which, uh, I said, hell yeah, because Rocky, uh, Rocky Horror is amazing. So uh, we all dressed up and wore makeup and everything, and it was amazing. And uh, when I went out to meet my friend Aaron, uh, that's when they introduced me to one of my other friends that uh, I we see a lot, and Eldritch, which we all proceeded to go and watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and it was amazing. And we basically just kind of hit it off from there, because like we were not like uh, our dorms were like uh, just across the little road from each other, and basically we just started hanging out then because we were just a bunch of weird uh, gay kids. And then I introduced <laughs> them to Dungeons and Dragons. Like, I was literally Eldritch's first, like, DM. That's right. And that's the campaign that Calamite is in. And still going. They're level 13 now? Dang, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For all of you familiar with Eldritch's work, uh, she's made a couple videos. Most of them are about her warlock guy. I forgot his name. Bazthar. Bazthar, yeah. But uh, Calamite's in the Blue Flame Curse one. That was a very good video. Mm-hmm. And that's oh, also very cruel what session. you did to them. <laughs> yes, it was It was very, very cruel. And I will admit that wholly. But <laughs> I've learned since then to uh, take my cruelness in measures. I mean, it condense is, them. <laughs> I, I will say it did inspire an amazing video. So it's not mm-hmm. all bad. <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, yeah, and then basically uh, introduced them to D&D. And uh, as soon as I've like figured out that they really liked animating and like we're getting into it again, I basically I I will take partial responsibility of creating the elder tour <laughs> that we both know today, because I kept telling her, oh, you definitely should do this for D&D and uh showed them this weird band that I liked at the time called uh, Hawaii Part 2, yep. which is where uh, Mind Electric came from. Yeah, and that's also where I learned I learned that band from Eldritch's video, so it's like indirectly from you too. Mm-hmm. Ugh, good, good. Weird, weird uh, how that kind of thing works sometimes. 
the mm-hmm. degrees of separation and all that. Yeah, I mean, you, you just started, but you're, you're on your way. Do you have any other ideas for content you might put on your channel besides the Tabaxi Cafe series? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I do have like some funny little bit ideas, but I'm sure I could turn them into Tabaxi Cafe videos. Uh, I was thinking of like maybe like towards the end of the summer after I get a video or two out, I get more uh, try to get into streaming and seeing if I can do that because you guys have a lot of fun with it. So I might try it. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I usually use it as an excuse to keep me on task. Like when I stream, if I got a lot of work to do and I know I'll get distracted if I'm by myself, uh, streaming keeps it so that I have to work while other people are watching me. So it's like if I... If I get distracted, everyone knows, like, hey, you're distracted. Why aren't you doing your work? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's almost like giving myself a boss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's some of the time. The other time is just joining other people's streams for the most part. And then, and then Stardew Valley uh, uh, most Wednesdays with another group of friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice. It's like, it's just another thing to do, especially if you don't have a job or something. It's like, yeah, you know, how am I going to spend today? Yeah, because uh, I was thinking of trying to get into it because uh, I want to try streaming Elden Ring when that game comes out because I am a big From Software fan and I would love to have my first like playthrough of that game and like enjoy that with all of you, my lovely friends. I'm not familiar. What is that? Uh, it is basically the spiritual successor to the Dark Souls series. Oh, OK. And they'll be coming out in January next year. Is it so it's like a different world, different rules, all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Which I'm also excited to learn about that world because George R.R. Martin was like the establishing like writer for that. So like basically oh. did the first pass of like the world and like went really into like nitty gritty details and then passed it off to the development team, which they took it further. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I like so that's, that. I- that's where he was instead of writing the final book for Game of Thrones. <laughs> well, you know what? Fuck, fuck Game of Thrones. <laughs> I said it. I don't care. You can all come after me if you want. Look, it's it's fine. I'm sure like the books are great, and, and I love the TV show up to a point. Uh, mm-hmm. We all know which point that is. So, like, I'm not saying that his story doesn't have value. I'm just tired of it, I guess, at this point. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not. It, w- it, w- it didn't enamor me that much. Um, it's just, it's, it's a little too low fantasy for me. I like, I like more overt magic and shit. I like wizards mm-hmm. that like travel around and be like, I know Frodo and shit. Like even that world <laughs> has like, is considered low magic, but has more magic than Game of Thrones. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know, the only thing that Game of Thrones had was that they treated dragons like a, just like another biological creature. Like that was like the big thing. And then also like the White Walkers had their own like thing going on but again they were just Mm -hmm. like magical creatures but not necessarily magic Mm -hmm. uh and then like the few things that did it got a bit more magical with like the faceless guys and then like the uh the three-eyed raven or whatever Mm -hmm. and like that was pretty cool but like it that's those things are so rare and so unusual to the point where it's like most most scenes of just people like sleeping in a barn full of shit and just talking about what Joffrey did or something. And it's like, ah, I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to see magic. <laughs> you know. There do need to be more live action shows where, like, they're taking 100% seriously, but there's, there's, like, wizard duels in, like, the background. 
I, I think yeah. A good example of that is like Netflix's The Witcher. I still haven't seen it, but I ha- I have access to it. I got to watch that at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah, it's a good it's like it's basically everything that you want from Game of Thrones. It's just that, <laughs> but high fantasy. And there's like wizards uh, and a bunch of monsters. It's fun. Yeah. It's really fun. I might. Yeah, I'm going to have to. You're the second person to recommend that to me. The first person recommended it to me like two years ago, and I didn't. I, it wasn't enough to get me to watch it. So maybe I will now. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like another one from Netflix. It's not live action, but Castlevania. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Ooh, Baby, boy. don't even get me started. Cypher? It, uh, I mean, look, if if it wasn't for Trevor, I'd want to whisk her away. <laughs> 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 and, and I don't ever usually want that for any character, but my God. First of all, great voice actress. I don't know who... who I didn't look up who, who she is, but great voice actress. And also, best depiction of a mage in media I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like straight up, just kicks ass. Uh, every scene that has her is like my favorite scene in the in the show, with the exception of like every scene with Dracula. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. Um, that yeah. show just is just it's oozing quality. There are some little bit like nitpicky things, but like for the most part, one of my favorite shows I've ever watched, and I recommend anyone who hasn't seen it check it out. Yeah, a hundred percent a must watch. If you just like anything fantasy related, which I'm assuming people do if you're watching this to go watch Castlevania, because it's just like if you if you like animation, the animation quality in that show is off the goddamn charts. Yeah, it's really, really good. Every fight they really put a lot of care into. They make the the main characters super. uh, I like I, I like that they there's a lot of banter and and like a dry humor among them. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Um, I I don't know. There's just the way that they wrote that show was phenomenal. I, there's another show by the same d- d- studio. Funima- no, Frederator actually. I guess is the animation studio for this. But they made Blood of Zeus. By comparison, that show isn't so good because the writing sucks. Mm-hmm. Like the animation is still great in Blood of Zeus, but they must have had different writers because the writing in that show is just god awful. But the writing in Castlevania is like chef's kiss. Yeah, top tier. So good. Um, and there's only four seasons, and I think they're kind of going to end it after that, or if they renew it, they're going to like do like a time skip or something. But mm-hmm. every like second season acts as like a finale for the season that came before it. So the first season sets up some stuff. The second season finishes it. Third season sets up some stuff. Uh, fourth season finishes it. So it's sort of like a, you kind of got to take each seasons in pairs mm-hmm. to get a good feel of, of the show uh, would be my one recommendation going in. But other than that, don't look up anything. Just if you got Netflix, watch it. All right. Done shilling for Castlevania. <laughs> Sponsored by Castlevania. Let's talk about your video game interest, because you said Dark Souls. I want to learn more about, like, I think you're a huge Dark Souls fan. Am I am I mistaken in that assumption, or? I don't know. Does, does uh, 2,400 hours count? Total? That's, that's a, that's kind of, those are rookie numbers, mm-hmm. but I guess respectable. Because <laughs> <laughs> says big. the guy that's never picked up a, a controller to play it. Yeah, I, I, I would consider myself a pretty big Souls fan. It's just, I've never found a game where I think combat has felt so, like, dynamic. 
because it's just all these interesting little things to where like everyone talks about how hard the souls games are but then uh that it, they're hard when you begin and as you keep going it's not like uh your character gets like your character scales evenly with the enemies around you so the difficulty is basically consistent but the part that like everyone talks about how hard it is is your skill as the person hitting the buttons has to improve in order to actually get better at that game. Yeah, you got to learn all the different maneuvers and everything. Mm -hmm. And you don't know that when you start. So it's like you get hit and you're like, oh, I died. That sucks. It's like, but yeah, you didn't block. You didn't dodge. You didn't deflect. You didn't do anything. You just got hit. That's mm -hmm. your fault. <laughs> that That's what I love about the Souls games is basically like 95% of the things that happen in that game are your fault. Like whenever you die is because it's because they're old games. Of course, there's like some weird jank where like you'll brush up against the wall and like hit it so perfectly wrong that you'll just get like shunted out and fall through <laughs> the world. That's only happened to me twice. But that, that's happened. Hey, with that many hours, like only two times, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good polish. Yeah, it's just I that's the main reason why I love the games. It's just really good combat. And also they are very well, like just polished and also i like how the games do the world building of like the story you could go through the souls game and like kill the final boss and be like who the fuck was that guy just if like you're either half paying attention or like are purposely like ignoring some things but like if you really want to you can like start reading like item descriptions talking to npcs and exhausting all their dialogue and get like this really like rich story with all these like like a lot of like character driven uh moments and just great npc lines like uh a famous uh dark souls character solaire of astora who's basically like this one moat of just like confidence and just like i am going to go like he's a religious guy who's trying to like uh, find his own son because he worships the sun. So he wants like to get closer and get one of his own. So uh, basically you he travels with you to all these different places where like he's in search of this one object and uh, spoilers for late game. But uh, if you continue his quest line and like uh, he will help you like fight bosses and all that. And you'll go down to this place where basically fire magic was created. And so he's down here looking like this is the last place he is searching for the sun. And if you don't help him in this really specific way, he'll end up getting consumed by like a parasite demon that glows like the sun and will latch onto his face, driving him crazy. And like when you and he'll hunt you down and try to murder you because he's gone insane with this parasite feeding off of his head and when you kill him he just sounds so defeated saying how he found his son and now it's fading away but if you manage to like save him and like kill that demon before he gets to it he'll meet you later in that level and just be like i couldn't find it i i, I don't know where else to look so I guess I'll just complete the quest that you're doing and do the same in my realm. And so uh, he's the only NPC you can summon for the final boss if you save him because he found the proper son in the situation. It's just like, isn't it restarting the fire? The guy, Lord of Cinders, isn't he supposed to be like the 
the king who's like the, used to be the son and then he like got really I don't know. I don't know the lore. I just know there's a mm. Lord of Cinders that everyone feels bad about having to kill. Mm-hmm. Is that like Yeah, and like yeah, like with Gwyn's boss fight, you expect like the boss of like this game that has epic orchestral music and like this really intense boss fight dynamic. And then the final boss is a guy who is a zombie and he's just really fragile and uh he's still tough, of course, but you can he's like almost the same size as you and he's weak to the thing that he created. And instead of like this epic, like 12 layer orchestral score, it's just a piano is the only backtracking to it. And it's all in it's a depressive tone just to say, like, this guy tried his hardest and here he is. This is not the man back then. This is just like some shell that's still conscious somehow. Wow. That's why I love these games. Are you into like because you can miss all of that if you don't look? Yeah, it, it rewards investment in the uh, in the story. It makes everything more impactful. Mm-hmm. Do you like the Bloodborne and uh, Sekiro games? Oh yeah, definitely. Like uh, Bloodborne probably has some of the best. Just like I have admittedly stolen so many ideas from just like Bloodborne. Just because how they handle Eldritch Horror in that series of well, in that game where it's just slowly like peeling back the curtain and just finding the horrible nightmare of like consciousness. Well, Sekiro is just really fucking tight, good combat. Yeah, I I hear that one was significantly harder than the others because you can't you can block, but. It discourages you from that. Enemies have ways of hitting you uh, when you block. You have to, like, in order to hurt certain enemies, you can you have to deflect. You have to parry, basically, like, everything. Mm-hmm. And that was always a function, I think, in the older games, but people always sort of eschewed that for dodging and blocking. And so, mm-hmm. like, I, I knew someone who played Sekiro. They... Uh, we're like, I'm determined to figure this out and determined to like, like win this game. And they figured out how to parry. They started getting good at it. And when they went back to play Bloodborne or any of the older games, that parry function was always there. And suddenly they were so much easier. He's like, I could beat like everything really easy now because I've learned their parry function for these games. Hmm. Yeah, it's both Bloodborne and Sekiro are kind of like in a similar vein of like there's two types of from software games is the aggressive and the, the defensive or the soul series is in kind of the defensive category well, Bloodborne and Sekiro are in the aggressive where basically uh, you are extremely rewarded if you play hyper aggressive in Bloodborne and Sekiro while in Dark Souls you are allowed to be defensive that's that's interesting I kind of it makes me want to play, but also I don't own like a, a console that can play them, so I'm not going to. Um, but I will admire them from afar, and I love their music too. So I like to listen to music sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great music from all of those games. Pro tip for those who haven't tried it: uh, using music from that series of games during D and D sessions can make something feel way more epic, like mm-hmm. super epic, which is cool. Uh, Although our our friend Cheeky is kind of tired of epic boss battle music for regular fights. He's like very upset that there's not a lot of battle music that doesn't sound like the world's at stake. Mm-hmm. And I get that too. That could be kind of rough. Because most of the battle music that you could find 
it's going to be copyright claimed. So if you're streaming a game like Antumbra, you've got to be careful what you play because otherwise it'll like cut out a lot of the uh um the it'll cut out the uh vods like music and sound when you put it up on YouTube and stuff. That happened. Yeah. That happened during the fight with Viridian. It was not Mm-hmm. And it, it, the part that made me like, oh, because it kicked in right as it did, like the Silas, like you need to stop speech. Yeah. Which just broke my heart. The, like, oh, I wanted to like go back and get that. But the VOD is still Twitch. on his channel on Twitch and you can get mm-hmm. it without the sound being taken out there. But on YouTube, it just cut it all out. and It was really disappointing. Mm-hmm. Oh. Terrible time to have that cut out curse you yeah it hurt internet for not allowing <laughs> us to play our video game music yeah dude i i hate that one of the things i'm committed to doing is letting people use music that i make in their stuff streams and, and even personal projects as long as credit's given somewhere that's usually mm-hmm. all i care about as long as people know it was me that made it and no one's taking credit for the thing that i made i don't really care i don't know why well, well, actually, I do. I do know why companies do this. It's to make money. They want money. Yeah, it's all about the money. But of course, I, I've always been the kind of person that respects those who make something for free and then has the option to pay. Like I'll usually mm-hmm. to get like good versions of the files. I'll like go on Bandcamp and buy um, the the album from them directly off of there because mm-hmm. then I, I it's downloaded. I don't have to worry about you know losing it or anything and i can like copy those files put them wherever i need them to be speaking of which a bit of an aside kind of all over the place but do you use spotify uh just for listening pretty much can you all right so can you explain to me like i'm five what uh the advantage of using spotify is over just like watching shit on like a youtube playlist or just having your own mp3s and making your own playlist that way basically if uh the only reason why i really use spotify and like spotify premium is uh the uh hulu you can get with it and it's just uh a bunch of really good like a decent song selection and uh no ads is pretty great but you can just have ad blocker so like it's pretty much spotify i would consider as good if you're just like on your phone a lot or like at work or like exercising but other than that i would probably just say like just use youtube with like an ad blocker if you or unless you want to like support the person then just turn your ad blocker off yeah watch watch the ads on my channel that i can't control what they are and they might be prager you ads which would really suck uh but i can't stop it so <laughs> did you hear <sighs> that that happened to alex Oh, um, Alex BD, I, ABD Illustrates. Yeah, I, I don't know what the ad was, but I heard that it was a transphobic ad. Yeah, I think it was a PragerU ad that played on his video, and someone's like, hey, Alex, uh, they're playing, like, transphobic shit on your videos, and Alex is trans, so he was like, well, that sucks. <laughs> what can I do? He went on Twitter like, does anyone know what I can do about this? Because I don't, I don't want that playing on my videos. Um... And there were some there were some suggestions and stuff, but for the most part, you kind of are just stuck with what you have, which is kind mm-hmm. of a bummer. Ugh, 
I hope that but never I, happens to me, as you know, as a trans woman. Yeah. Yeah, I hope they don't play, uh, you know, like, hey, uh, let's let's be racist uh, before this video starts uh, mm -hmm. on, like, you know, it's like, these, these all, like, oh, I have some, I have some current news, actually. Um, I heard from a little bird that OnlyFans is banning porn. Oh. So that they can have advertisements on their stuff. That's what I heard. I don't know if that's true. That's like a today news thing, dating this episode a bit here, but. Mm-hmm. I heard that that's what they're doing, and uh, yeah, that worked out really well for Tumblr. Yeah, that really did. Also, why are you why are you trying to get advertisements on a paid service? I don't get that. How does that make any sense? More money. <laughs> yeah, but like all of your everyone, I thought I actually thought that this was a, like an exclusively like a porn website. Mm -hmm. I've only ever seen people say subscribe to my OnlyFans if there was like like. You know, pin up stuff, risque stuff, like things like that, and that's like all of their people. Like, why would you... <sighs> they're they're hardcore shooting themselves in the foot with that? They're shooting themselves in the fucking heart, the chest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't need this thing beating and keeping me alive. <laughs> it's just um, making all this racket, making my blood flow. I don't like that. Yeah, it's just terrible. I uh. <laughs> I'm I'm very much confused by these these decisions uh but you know it is what it is I guess. Let's talk about some D&D. How how's that sound? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh what uh do you have any topics that interest you specifically that we could talk about? Oh. Got to rack the brain for that one. Really? I'm like, we play D&D uh, all the time. <laughs> I know, we play D&D all the time, but what questions do I have about D&D or, like, any, like, just topics to talk about? But I mean, like, I, I know one question that always will get you going, which is, uh, Rangers, how do you feel about them? I already talked about that at length with, uh, with Ink on the, uh, pay, like, we did a little after show with that mm -hmm. episode. Which you can find on my Patreon, and I talk very much at length about how I feel about Rangers. So I'm not going to repeat it here. I'm going to incentivize people. If you want, you can support me on Patreon and listen to it there. But um, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I will say, what what about like, uh, what's your favorite class that sucks, or like subclass maybe even? Like something that you love the flavor of, but mechanically is so weak, it just breaks your heart. Oh. Super, I have, I want this to be good so desperately, which is, uh, I can't remember, it's like the Elemental Barbarian subclass. The uh, Storm uh, Herald? Storm Herald. Yeah. It's so bad, but it's flavor. It, it has so much potential to be good, but it's just like, I, I know like a lot of the barbarian subclasses are like very minor things, but it's like the worst of like the minor things. Like like if you want to play like a fire barbarian, like where your flavor is like you're like this like hellish or draconic barbarian where you like use flames with your attacks. Well, at a uh, third level, you can add two damage whenever you as a bonus action. Yep. Just two damage. Yeah, it's very bad. Granted, that's like in a small AOE around you. 
but that also harms your friends. Yay. So it's just like, ugh. You're right, though. It's it's bad. And then the fact that barbarians only have one just straight up non, like, religious, non-spiritual class that helps you in melee, which is the Frenzy Barbarian, and the, mm-hmm. the Berserker, or whatever, and like, that's it. That's all. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is that Dwarven Battle Ranger, but that's Battle Rager, but that's only for dwarves, usually, and if even if you issue that requirement, then you also have to be wearing spiked armor. You have yeah, to use that. It's just, just like, uh, there's too many, like, I, Barbarian is like one of my favorite classes in D&D, but goddamn, you can't just be always be picking Zealot Barbarian because Zealot Barbarian is so fucking powerful. Yeah, that they become immune to death at just late game or like not even late game, mid game. They could just when they die, when they get to zero hit points, they can keep on raging. And when they die, as long as they're raging, they don't die. Yep. And if you if they end their rage with positive hit points, they don't die. <laughs> mm hmm. Um. I actually really love that ability, and it makes uh, it makes making like an enemy NPC very threatening if you piss them off and you think, oh, we could take mm-hmm. them on, and then you're like, why, why aren't they dead yet? They're dropping us like flies. Why hasn't he fallen yet? Um, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty great. And like comparison, like okay, the zealot barbarian gets like you know practically immortality, while uh, the uh, storm herald barbarian gets resistance to weather effects. You know, those super useful like things that every DM uses. Yeah. Without fail, all my DMs constantly talking about the weather effects. It's not like any of them would ever forget about what the weather's like when they're describing a setting or the fact that we do a lot of shit indoors where it's not even an issue. No, no. We're always, always talking about how it's raining, about how it's cold, how it's hot. By the mm-hmm. way, that's sarcasm, in case people didn't pick up on that. Um, DMs forget that shit all the time. I sometimes ask, just to be a, a, a bit of a, a weasel, like, hey, how uh, how's the weather like today? Mm-hmm. And like, Is it hot outside yeah. or is it freezing outside? And sometimes it stumps a DM, who, especially like newer DMs, who forget to describe that stuff. And they're like, oh, oh, uh, oh it's, uh, you know, it's sprinkling out. You know, it's not quite drizzling, mm-hmm. but, you know, you can feel some drops. Like, that's kind of nice. It, it frames the setting a little bit. Because um, mm-hmm. otherwise, it's always sunny. Like, mm-hmm. when it's outside, it's, like, just always the same weather every time. It's, like, never raining. It's never snowing. Mm-hmm. It's never just, like, cloudy but windy out or something like that. Like, it's only when it's a magical effect. Like, oh, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. storm, but you think it might be, you know, like, the villain might have done something, you know? It's, like, always some sort of story reason why it's like that, instead of, it. oh, it just happens to be like that today. hmm Like, uh, just another point on, like, back to, the, like, just putting the nail a little bit further into the Zelda oh, Barbarian go for it. coffin. Yeah. Like, even with, like, the weather effects, which DMs usually forget to mention, and secondly, the extreme, like, heat or cold are in very, like, niche places that people go to, which is, like, the desert or the, like, tundra. volcano. Yeah, or volcanoes and stuff like that. But you know what also gives you those abilities? Just having resistance to fire or cold. Yep. That It's in the back of the DMG. When you have resistance to fire or cold, you also get resist... You become immune to their weather effects. 
So technically, the like totem barbarian when they're raging have the state have more things than what uh the storm herald barbarian gets at sixth level also uh it invalidates tiefling resistance too if you wanted to do the desert mm-hmm. one which is the worst out of the three there's desert storm and ice and like i mm-hmm. played i actually played a barbarian uh ice barbarian and the temporary hit points is pretty good because Mm-hmm. As a bonus action, you can do another burst and give everyone around you re- basically regenerating temporary hit points. And as we know, that's very good. But when the temporary hit points are only like three, mm-hmm. when you've got, you know, glamour bards over here who can give you mantle of inspiration and you're getting like a shit ton of hit points, mm-hmm. or they've got inspiring leader feet, which gives you a shit ton of hit points every day. Like, I don't know. The, the it, it- tiny pitiful amount that the... Uh, Storm Herald gets is not really comparable. Yeah, it's. Oh, it would need like a total like I think the entire subclass just needs to be like just it overhauled. Like just things need to either do more damage or you need to be able to do more with them. Yeah, I think I think turning the damage up a little bit and or just all of the uh, the third level abilities when you get that subclass, tweaking those up and then. Making the sixth level abilities straight up just resistance to this, resistance to that, resistance to that, or something like mm-hmm. that would be. I think that'd be enough. Honestly, I think that would be enough, uh, and that that would fix the class. I was gonna mention another elemental class, the uh, monk of the four elements. Oh yeah, aka the garbage monk. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, if, I have always wanted to play a garbage monk, but that wasn't garbage. And the biggest problem with it is that in 2013, they released 5th edition with that in the uh, player's handbook. Very soon after that, like a a year or two after that, they wrote Princes of the Apocalypse and released the Elemental Evil Guide, which added a bunch of new elemental spells that are not included in the PHB or in the Monk class, in that subclass. So all these really great elemental spells that would make sense, you cannot recreate with the Monk. On top of that, every single monk subclass that they've released, aside from that one, have a lot of innate abilities that do not require key points. Whereas any ability, any ability in that monk subclass requires key. You will eat through key so fucking fast with that subclass, it's not worth it to take unless you are, if you talk to your uh, DM beforehand and say, hey, can we make all of the costs for all the shit one less key point? Mm-hmm. So some of it is free and some of it is manageable because as it is now, it's absolute trash. And and like you'd also have to update it, too, so that you can use the newer elemental stuff that's like way cooler. I just mm, that's a pet peeve of mine. Like they came out with that right out the gate and it was terrible. And then very quickly after that, they came up with a bunch of other stuff that's way better than that. And it's like, why didn't they just wait? Why couldn't they do it like a drunken monk first and then did that one later or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> ah, oh. com- comparison though, since we were talking about immortality, the way of the long death monk is a very cool subclass. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I have never, that 11th le- level ability, I've never seen anything better. Um, for a key point, if you get knocked to zero, you go to one instead. Mm-hmm. And that's 11th level. So if you have 11 key points that you haven't used, 
To get knocked to zero, just use a key point. You're back to one. Oh, get knocked to zero again, use a key point. Back to one again. And you can do that 11 times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just, it just keeps being more times every level you get. So, like, you really become, like, immortal with that one. Like, it's, it's, it's the ultimate F you, because, like, if something's constantly knocking you down, then you could just be like, but then my character gets up. It's mm-hmm. like, no, I just knocked you to zero. I have an ability. It's like, fuck. Oh. That it kind of reminds me, like uh, before uh, the Long Death Monk came out, I played a uh, drunken master who was also a. Uh, this is when, like, I think it was like Revenant's soul is when they were called, like, when they were just testing, like, uh, basically the zombie uh, race, like the yeah, add-on race, the returned. I think, yeah, is the returned, them. and. Uh, this is back all the way back like three years ago when it was just like some little arcana like unearthed arcana where it was basically just like when you die you come back 24 hours later 10 miles ran in a random spot 10 miles from where you died and but like you lose more of your memories and stuff like that it was basically just like a little thing to add a lot of flavor to a character right because you're only alive because you had already died before the story began and you're out to get revenge or some fulfill mm-hmm. some goal. Once that's fulfilled, you die. Mm-hmm. So it's like for story purposes, it's really great because it means that you never have to worry about your character dying during the campaign. They'll always come back to fulfill that goal. But once that goal's fulfilled, you got to make a new character if you're going to mm-hmm. continue playing or the campaign ends because you can't play that character again afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, the way I wrote that character was basically uh, as he, like, continued to, like, get at his aspiration, he basically became an alcoholic and uh, just because he couldn't get to it because he was just too fragile of a man on his own. So he just turned to alcoholism and then just slowly got really good at doing bar fights because he kept losing, but then would wake up and come back the next day. Well, yeah. Was he dying in these bar fights? Were they, like, cracking his neck on a chair or something? Or, like... Like, yeah, he would get into, like, fights with, like, brigands, everybody. Just because he was, like... He was not, like, directly an asshole, but was, like, he would definitely, like, pick... He would make sure that he could get into a fight because he was subconsciously trying to just become stronger so he could go and basically kill this dark uh dark lord that had uh murdered some of his family i see okay i do like the idea of someone stuck in immortality mm-hmm. and just becoming a drunk it's kind of it very much feels like trevor from the beginning of castlevania mm-hmm. uh and also it feels a little bit like um hancock i don't know if you've ever seen that movie i have not uh it's a 2008 movie i believe with wilf will smith as like this, it was before all the superhero movies started coming out. So this is like just oh. before his Iron Man came out the same year, I think. You know what? I do remember this movie. Yes. Yeah. And like, he's basically a superhero, but he's super responsible. Like he's just in a beanie and like boxer shorts and sunglasses and like just drinking when he's flying, he's drunk flying. And like, he goes to stop like these bank robbers. He like goes into like the car during this high speed chase. Like, Hey, uh, listen, I don't want to fight y'all. If you just pull over and just surrender to the police that'll be great and they're all like it's Hancock kill him and he's like why does everyone want to do that like you know it's not gonna work <laughs> so then he like he takes the car by like the the back and he just starts like f- 
flying around with the car and freaking these guys out, and he causes like a lot of destruction of property and everything. But like, the whole movie is about him learning to be a hero and cleaning up his act, and then mm-hmm. learning also his memory's all fucked up too. That's that's what reminded me. He's like not only is he a drunk, but he also doesn't remember his like past or how he got these powers, and like you get to learn about that um, mm-hmm. throughout the sh- throughout the movie, which is kind of neat. I feel like that would be very in in line with the character you described. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, if I could, like one day, with a much better DM, because that DM had many, 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 many problems. I could go on for hours about that DM. <sighs> I could fill Crick Crab's entire channel. But uh, oh god, uh, yeah, it's just if I could another like play that character again, I probably would, because. Uh, yeah, he has a really fun idea, but he like his like true thing could never come to full fruition because the sessions ended like after like a month of playing. Yeah, yeah, that would that's a bad sign. Mm-hmm. I uh, I want to play a character like that now too. Now that you said that, like I w- but I would like to purposefully not write my backstory too detailed because I I would say like look I want to be I want to have amnesia like I want to not. I want to have been killed so many times that I don't even remember what my purpose is. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm just wandering aimlessly like this immortal who has lost any will to live, but and knows that there's something they have to do, but just can't remember it and doesn't know how to like, how, doesn't even have a lead to like get their memory back. Um, mm-hmm. And so they just kind of go around like trying to make a difference wherever they go. But for whatever reason, they're just like, you know, they're not really as helpful as they mean to be. And so they're always like on the move. Like, that's the kind of character I'd like to play. Because if you play with a DM you really trust who can write a good story, give that like blank page to them and be like, figure out what my purpose is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then they can work it in any way they want. And they're, if you trust them, they'll probably do it in a way that's actually really good. Yeah, that that's. Uh, as a D, I am one of the very few called uh, perma DMs, at least here in my uh, in the f- the flesh zone rather than on the internet zone. <laughs> the flesh zone. <laughs> yeah, the flesh zone. I feel like it, that's like a twisted, like creepy pasta. Like, hey, does anyone remember the flesh zone? Oh yeah, I remember that place like a Chuck E. Cheese, but it was like <laughs> fucking twisted and gross. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's just like, uh, what was it that uh? Fell showed us the uh like the giant like national park that's just like flesh yeah oh god what was that called it was like the it was the flesh pit or the anomaly or whatever yeah it was <laughs> the something something flesh pit god yeah that was that was fucking gross there's a basically for anyone who's not familiar there is like a a creepypasta or something online that's like it's like the story or or the idea is that there is this national park that's like uh defunct now but it was in like Kansas or something and it was this giant pit of flesh that they made like a park out of and so people made a lot of like brochures and advertisements and like fa- they're all fake but illustrating like the like how this park was advertised in like the 80s and shit when it was still up and running and like there's like this like anatomical, I guess, like map. It's a map of the park, but really it's of the anatomy of the flesh pit. And like they built like mm. an entire facility 
that you can go in and go down and it's like if you feel movement that's just the flesh pit digesting or some shit like that it's like really fucked up it's very very mm-hmm. funny and a little weird definitely recommend looking that up i don't remember the name i think it's just look up flesh pit national park and you might find it yeah oh i forget what i was saying the flesh pit distracted me oh uh your real life flesh zone with your friends your uh, permanent yeah, DM. I, I am a permanent dm but uh, uh fuck i forgot I, short-term memory loss has gotten me. well you were no you were talking about your revenant character and i was saying i would you need to have a dm you trust yes okay yeah to, okay. thank you for reminding me yeah it was uh no worries at home i'm basically a permanent dm and I love it so much when players give me characters with amnesia, like parts of their past they don't remember. Because like uh, one of one of the people in Tales from Eurosa, which is the name of the campaign Calamy is from. Uh, he's best friend, basically best friends with like uh, Calamy's little Kenku companion. And uh, their name is Song, but Song gave me like uh, they have amnesia in a part of their backstory where like they were hanging out with this character named Mary uh, Bloodleaf. So I turned him into the worst villain I think I have ever created because he's just this <laughs> disgusting worm of a like a Ladrin elf who just like robbed people and like treated everyone like garbage beneath his boot and like went into all torp types of just like horrible like trades and like drug deals and everything and basically took song along for the ride because song was like innocent kenku who was just hanging out with this guy who did a lot of interesting stuff until had a useful mimicry ability mm -hmm, until song basically found their partner and split off which uh basically saved them from mary trying to uh pin a robbery on song because he got caught, but because he's an Eladrin, he knows a lot of magic and basically made himself look like Song and then pinned it on them. But then... Uh, but Song had already left before the authorities could get mm-hmm. them. So mm, basically they're wanted in this one town up in the corner of the uh, country. Ah, is this spoilers for everybody or is this already known? This is already known. Okay. Yeah, this was like early campaign stuff. They have since... Uh, he tried to kidnap Song again to, like, get that, like, edge off of his back and uh, was successful in the kidnapping. But then they eventually the party found him and uh, proceeded to murder him, which oh. revealed some things about his character such that uh, which they have now learned, like, a cup, they took his sword with them, but like they wrapped it up because it was like they could feel like some uneasy energy from it. And then mm-hmm. about. 40 to 60 sessions later uh someone accidentally like touches the sword like grabs it by its hilt and they fail a wisdom saving throw and they're just compelled to stab their friend who is the one that did the final blow on mary and when they stabbed them like their blood crawled up the blade and like uh forced them to drop the blade but it was just still up in the air and through the blood mary reformed because he's a lich plot twist and ah. in order to reform, he just needs someone to be stabbed on his sword because that's his phylactery in which he just teleported away and they have no oh, idea where no. he went. Oh, no, 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 no. No one had a counter spell. No one could stop him from going. They were just all in awe by like 
they had this for so long and then someone made one small mistake it's it's uh funny that none of them thought to try and destroy the sword like they didn't know what it did they just felt it had like some evil presence on it and just kind of kept it yeah. locked away I see. What what was the circumstances to where this person touched the hilt? Like, how did that happen? It was, uh, they were traveling through town, and uh, one of the people just, like, keeps the sword in their backpack, but they had just been in a rough fight. I thought you said locked away in, like, Mm -hmm. a a vault or something. Just, ah, this is in my backpack. (laughs) I, I, I believe they did, like, keep it in, like, they have, like, this kind of heart, that cart that on the inside is actually a house. And they had oh, it in there, okay. and I, if I remember correctly, they were, like, going to see if they can get this... They were going to go see if they can get this weapon destroyed, but the weapon ah. wants to be found. So a little right. pickpocket came up and tried to pull this solid gold sword out of the, like, backpack of one of the characters and was successful to get it out, but it was still wrapped up. And so they chased after this rogue and, like, found, like, the Thieves' Guild in this town met another important npc because that was the initial intention was just to introduce them to this important npc who would help them do some later major campaign stuff but when they took the sword back uh the cloth that was surrounding it which was basically an anti-magic field uh got torn up and ripped away so they just had to grab the sword by itself which is when they failed but they didn't do anything about it until they were in a very open area where it was very easy to run away. So did they have the person did they have the person with the highest wisdom grab the sword or just anyone grab the sword? It was a uh, song grab the sword. Oh no. Oh no 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 song no 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 no. <laughs> So yeah, they stabbed their uh, gnomish wizard companion that uh, casted fireball on Mary and stabbed them, reformed, and teleported away. And now he's somewhere causing problems. Well. Mm-hmm. And well, hell. I, I can tell that uh, I have created a truly terrible villain, as you've seen before, but I'll tell everybody at home, of whenever I mention this character's name, Mary to Eldritch or any of my players, they all get like they just go, oh fuck you. I just get like really just like heated instantly. You you seem to really derive a lot of joy from this because that's not the only time that you've had a villain that you like did their voice. You're like, I'm gonna watch this, I'm gonna get Eldritch really mad. <laughs> and then you do it and she'd be like, Why? Why did you choose violence today? What was the point of this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like playing really evil villains because I just I, I like playing bad guys in D&D. I guess that's also why I'm kind of like a permanent DM. It's just I like playing villains. That's fair. I mean, it's fun because mm-hmm. you get to like antagonize your friends, but in a friendly way. Mm-hmm. And like, you know that at the end of the day, you're all still buddies and like it doesn't mean anything. But like you get to pretend mm-hmm. and like be the bad guy. I mean, that's really I've always loved games like, I don't know if you ever heard of City of Villains. I've not. So this is an old MMO. Back in like 2004, uh, WoW was out for a little bit. Um, and this was another game. It was called City of Heroes at first. But then they came out with the second version of the game, City of Villains. And it has, to this day, one of the best character creators of any game I've ever played. 
if not the best. I can't think of a better one, honestly. There's never been a better one that I can think of um, where you could really customize your character to an extent that's kind of absurd. And with the villains one, you get to be a villain. Like you, you start out in this like lawless territory called the Rogue Isles, and you can you start off with a few missions where you're working for the big criminal syndicate, uh, like a, a organization called Arachnos, and um, eventually, like you can split off and help like a bunch of other like criminals and stuff like that. And like you're there's a lot of feuds between like gangs, and so you're fighting other criminals and stuff for supremacy. But like eventually, you get to go into areas where there are heroes and then you get to fucking defeat heroes and shit. So fun. Oh, it was like, awesome. it's awesome. And, and the game was like, wasn't anything special in terms of mechanics. It's a point and click MMO with like, you know, you got your powers in like a toolbar or like a series of toolbars on the bottom. Right. But like it was customizable to the point where like you could make any uh, thing that you could think of. There was like three or uh, five main classes for the villains. There was the brute, which is your like melee guy. Then you had the dominator, which is sort of like a controller of the battlefield, right? Mm -hmm. You had uh, it wasn't the blaster, but it was basically some sort of like ranged attacker. You had the um, what was that other one? I can't quite remember. You had some other one, and then you had the mastermind. And the mastermind was awesome because you could have pets, like minions, that you could summon. Mm -hmm. And they could be zombies, they could be robots, they could be thugs, they could be whatever you wanted them to be. Um, and they had, like, different levels. So you could have, like, three little ones, two, like, uh, lieutenants, and then, like, one general as you, like, leveled up. Ah, mm ah! -hmm. Uh, uh, telling you, I missed this game because of, like, how cool and unique it was. And a lot of my... NPCs I made were inspired by designs and characters I made in this. You can actually still find it online. I think, uh, I forgot where, but you can, if you look up City of Heroes, um, and then look up tequila in that search term, like tequila, mm -hmm. like the, like the drink, it'll come up somewhere. It's like Paragon forums or some crap like that. And they have like a fan server up where you can actually get play the game for free but like you can just use the it's like uh it's like a little program where you can like use the character creator and you can have ca uh, capes wings monstrous like appendages and heads uh robotic stuff you can have like an like glowing aura eyes uh or around you and all uh mm. and finally sorry to gush so much about this you did talk about uh dark souls for a bit so mm -hmm. i feel like no it's go fair. right ahead <laughs> The, the other cool thing that this game had was you can mix and match your power. So, like, let's say you picked Brute. Okay, cool. But the Brute has, a pro, like, a bunch of primary power sets and a bunch of secondary power sets that, as you level up, you gain more powers in each of these sets. And there's, like, the primary power sets are, like, your offensive abilities and the secondary are your defensive, but they can be different. So, like, you could pick super strength and then for your defensive, you could pick, like, uh, combat training. Or you could pick uh, fire melee for your pr primary stuff and then pick invulnerability as your secondary. Cool. And, like, you can mix and match. You don't have to do everything in the same vein if you don't want to. And then you had tertiary power sets. So, like, when you reached level 14, you had the option of picking an additional power set that has, like, less powers, but you, like, you can unlock those powers through level ups. And 
four of them were travel powers, so you could get flight, you could get teleportation, you could get super leaping, or you can get super speed. Oh, that sounds And awesome. I would, oh, and dude, I would get, like, a combination of super speed and super leaping, which would mean I was like this, I'd run super fast and then just leap in the air and just poof. Like the El Hulk in the 2003 movie, like mm-hmm. boom, I'm gone. Goodbye, bye, Felicia. Ah, <laughs> uh, and then I had a character um, who was like a demon guy. He had red skin, like d- giant devil horns, like white glowy eyes. Uh, he had like um, like pointy ears with like monstrous feet, and then he had like wings and stuff. And I had the fire uh, sets of powers plus those powers. So I could just, like, turn them all on, and I'd be, like, this, like, fire demon god who just was flying around the battlefield. I remember I went to a PvP server where I was underleveled. Like, I was generally not strong enough to kill anybody, but no one could touch me. Mm-hmm. I was too fast. I, I was just, like, jumping around everywhere, and, like, no one could target me with anything. Like, if someone targeted me with, like, a missile, it would, like, tr- like home in on you. But I'd be so fast, I'd go out of its range, and it would, like, fizzle before it could hit me. And then people are like, come on, man, fight me like a, you know, like, fight me one-on-one. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'm just here to harass people. <laughs> I'm not here to kill anybody. I just want to, like, make fun of you. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. a villain. I get to do that to the heroes. I'm allowed. They do that in shows all the time. Yeah, I think to make the best villains is to have someone that's just constantly a problem that can't be solved immediately. Yeah. Yeah, you you want to make it so they always have a way to not be killed, so you can use them again. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a trick because, all right, I have one last story, and we'll probably have to end this, but I think you'll like this. Um, I played in a Theros game recently. Well, I'm still playing in it, but there was a session that happened not too long ago. Um, I made a character named Ash. Ash is a, um, well, in Theros they don't have elves. But they do have this uh, goddess named Nylia, who's like the goddess of the hunt. And you get a boon when you start from like whatever. If you decide to like take a boon from like a god or goddess, you can choose like a feat or something in place of like one of the other uh, pre-listed boons from the book. Mm -hmm. So I took elven accuracy, which normally you have to be enough to take. But I was like, well, I mean... This is the goddess of the hunt we're talking about and all that stuff. So I was able to get that. And then I was a human who got a bonus feat. So because I got Elven Accuracy, I also just took the Wood Elf Heritage feat, which gave me like Pass Without Trace and Long Strider for free once a day, as well as like uh, some other thing. So I'm like, I'm a human with like a lot of Elven qualities. And uh, my character had some very traumatic thing happen to her where her whole village got destroyed um and the ones responsible were these three like very like evil dudes uh and one of them was like a necromancer well fast forward to you know i'm with this party got like a centaur we've got like a satyr oracle we've got another satyr who's like a a forge rot who's like essentially like a or anvil rods they're called so they're like um almost like a golem that have like glowing red eyes and when they open their mouth it's like glowing on the inside like there's a furnace within them keeping them alive and uh we are trying to solve the uh problem of like this border thing that's happening with this giant forest and we go to the uh the the station i guess it's like a big gatehouse uh to see what's up and all the guards are dead I'm like well shit 
And inside, we find a bunch of undead, and we're like, well, shit. So we start killing these undead. And I'm like a ranger monk, uh, multi-class, right? So I'm playing like a very much archery-based type character. Mm -hmm. We get to the top floor. And lo and behold, there he is, the necromancer that was part of the massacre of my village. And he goes, well, well, well. And we roll initiative. And I won initiative because I, I'm playing the uh, revised ranger, so I get to roll advantage. And then I get to have a, uh, advantage on attacks to creatures that haven't moved yet. So before this guy can go off with his monologue, I shoot him in the chest pull back another arrow bam again in the chest he's like uh uh and then uh the next guy to go is our is our centaur fighter who just gallops right up to him knocks him down on the ground unconscious but he was about to cast fireball on us so like before he could even do that we knocked the guy down to zero and we and everyone was like cleaning up the rest of his undead minions that were like all over the room but instead of helping them out while uh this all was going on. This guy's on the ground. I walk. I, I like I, as I'm walking up, I'm knocking another arrow. Bam. Fire. I get right up next to him right in front of him. I knock another arrow. Just fucking kill blow. Like I say nothing. I just walk up and just kill. I fucking cold blood executed this guy <laughs> so quickly. Even the other people in the party were like, whoa, what the fuck happened there? Like, why is she so pissed at that guy? And he never got to do his monologue. I talked to my DM about it. He was like, he's like, yeah, I had this whole monologue plan. This guy was about to cast Fireball and then say something about your backstory. But you you killed him so fast, I, he couldn't even get a word in. And I'm like, I'm glad, though, because my character's very walled off and doesn't want anyone to know about what happened to her. Mm -hmm. And wants them all, these guys to all just die. She's almost like a Revenant. Uh, in, in flavor because mm. she alone survived this massacre and she actually it's not really a curse but she like lost her legs and then was blessed by Nylia and got um, kind of like the ghost of Sparta like um, what's his name uh, Kratos yeah how he has like the ashes of his like family that he killed on his skin forever so he's like pale uh, she's got like dark gray ashes from the like the the ancient tree that was in the center of her village that have like etched themselves to her skin and her legs were replaced with like wooden like tree legs like they're almost like living bark from from this tree essentially like living tissue from the tree that's like bound to her at the knee mm -hmm. um and so her her curse her the thing that like uh works against her is that any fire effects she has disadvantage on mm. So, like, if someone casts Fireball, she's very speedy, but she has disadvantage on any dexterity saves to avoid it. So she's very susceptible, and, like, any fire attacks against her have advantage as well. So she's, like, almost guaranteed to take fire damage because she's flammable. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, oh, man, so, like, the whole idea of, like, shutting down the villain before they can even talk. I, oh, God. Uh, there is a bug. A big-ass bug on my lampshade that I need to kill right now. So I'm going to have to just give me one second here. This is the part where you hear scre Shane screaming out in agony as the bug attacks him back. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, that thing was fucking huge. And I, I think I killed it. Pretty sure I killed it. Um, I'm hoping it didn't get away somehow, but my god, that thing was big. 
What type of bug was it? It's a beetle of some kind. Anyway, sorry about that. Uh, I think we're... On that note, I think we're probably going to end it. But right. um, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Oh, gee. Well, people can find me on YouTube at Tabaxi Cafe. And similarly, on Twitter at Tabaxi Cafe, where I mostly just talk about either random D&D things, post art or shit post. It's mostly shit posting. <laughs> All right. There it is. Uh, yeah, check her out on uh, on YouTube, everybody. Throw her a sub. I mean, if you want, you can also like go to Antumbra, you know, which is like um, on Captain Cheeky's channel, and uh, watch the game that we all play together there with other people that you might find familiar, like Vitamin Dieter and uh, Cheeky himself as the DM, and Phil the Lab and others. So check that out. Uh, thank you, Tabby, for being on, and. Uh, Hope to see you soon. Yeah, it's been great.